to another episode of Trees and Lines uh, at the Trees and Utilities Conference. We're excited to talk to James Beery from Right Tree Service. Uh, he's managing human performance and safety there on the West Coast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So uh, thanks for, for the invite. It's a wonderful opportunity to talk about human performance. Got several names to it. We could talk about that. Yeah. So I go by Jim, Jim Beery. I'm the senior safety lead for the West Coast region of our of our national setup, and that covers four states in the West Coast, from California, Oregon, Washington, up to Idaho. And I'm, I've got five safety supervisors who work for me out there helping me implement human performance. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, talk to us about that a yeah. little bit. Tell us a little bit about what is human performance. So, well, human, it's a great question because it's, it's not brand new, but it's, it's kind of new to everybody, right? And yep. there are a lot of folks... Uh, in the trees and utilities world that are pulling it together and bringing it along. And it's really a comparison of what was traditional or safety one, right? So if we're going to call it safety two, what is safety one? So safety one really is characterized by command and control, establishing strict rules, telling workers what to do or not to do, and then being very compliance-oriented, whereas Safety 2 switches to a learning mindset where everything is about learning and putting all of that learning that we get out of it into a prevention side instead of reacting, right? And then a huge chunk of Safety 2, when we learn from those workers, we don't blame them because it shuts them down. We're hoping for a speak-up culture, which demands psychological safety, right? The, The ability to speak up. So by eliminating blame for error, because we all make error, we all make mistakes, excuse me, is that if we allow them to make those errors and mistakes while they're becoming experts in their field and not blaming them, suspending them, and all those sort of things, they'll begin to speak up more and more, we'll get more learning, and we'll apply all of that learning into a prevention side of mitigation, Yep. right? And, and, and we, we're calling that the capacity model, and that's inspired by quantum services. If you've ever seen their, their capacity model and their sticky model, we've came up with tricky, which is tree risk that right. can kill you. So we've, we, we've adapted. So that's safety okay. two in a nutshell right there. Yeah, good. How have you um, – I, I, first of all, I agree that it, you know, it's behavior, right? And you're, you're training better behaviors so that people don't – have a fear-based relationship with safety. How are you measuring the progress of safety too? You know, where do you think we are in the, the cycle, the adoption of this philosophy? Yeah, there are two things there, right? So uh, the adoption of it, let's start with the adoption of it. It's about a 10 or so year old idea, concept, yep. a journey, if you will, yep. right? A philosophy uh, for the tree industry, us, well, right tree service, we've been hitting it hard for a year and a half now. So we had uh, introduction to the idea. My personal uh, interaction with behavioral safety and, and the idea of safety, too, about involving workers goes way back. Goes way back. I just didn't have a terminology for it necessarily along yeah, these yeah. lines, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the greatest things about safety, too, and the way it's rolling out is it gives us this terminology, and these principles in which to work towards, and right. then we can layer on top it. of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you now in your career, have you always been in safety in some capacity or is this like, how did you find yourself in this discipline? Right. So safety chose me. That's a great one, right? And it's weird, right? Some people choose safety. This one chose me. So I spent uh, 
about 10 years in the military, and part of my military service in the Army when I was commissioned officer was working in nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons. So I was around decontamination. I was around environmental issues, and wow. spills, and thing, hazardous materials. And so when I left the military back when I was younger, obviously, yep. I've been in safety for 30 years now. Wow. Uh, the Army paid for me to go to a specified or a specialized class in environmental wow. health and safety and hazardous material. Then it just grew from wow. there into a safety yeah. profession, and I ended up here in the best industry in the entire world, I might add. Tree, oh, that's awesome. Absolutely utility is. line clearance. Yeah. You don't have to tell him that. So, somebody said the other day, don't plan your career because yeah. it's not going to go as according to plan. That couldn't have been planned from uh, bioweapons yeah, to... Uh, yeah. By the way, thank you for your service. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, sorry for like you were saying. No, that was, I yeah. just. What? Yeah, you can't plan that, no, right? No, you can't just, plan that. And then you see that next opportunity and say, that one fits my personality or fits what I'm looking yeah. at, right? Are I there, think that was the other message you had, you know. Yeah. Look for that opportunity and. Be prepared for zigzag, it, too. Zigzag, go for it. Yeah. Be prepared for are it. There, are there um, people that are in industry that you work directly with or entities out there that you feel are really kind of demonstrating this best in class implementation of safety too and and safety culture and who do you think is doing it really at a high level yeah so within the tree side of yep. business right if we split it between trees and utilities uh we're really gung-ho at right tree service uh beth lay who used to work at lewis yeah, tree right yep. she's you know i met her uh, uh, a while back and she was inspirational too so uh her lewis tree think of it I don't know where they are on their journey, but, you know, I know they're giving it a great shot. A lot of companies are talking about it. I have a specific relationship with our largest utility, which is Pacific Gas and Electric PG&E in California, and they rolled out their safety two recently. They had it in 2018, 2019, and then there were some changes around, but then they re-rolled it out just recently. And so they're doing a great yeah, job. A great uh, job. Jack Sahuro is their director of contractor yep. safety. You know him? Yep. And he laid it out. I went to his conference, and I shook his hand, and I told him, man, you nailed it. Oh, yeah. You nailed doing, it. So we're, we're partnering. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's the only way to go. Trees, yeah. you know, utility line clearance and utilities partnering, that's the only way this is going to be fantastic. Great. That is absolutely fantastic. That's great to hear. Yeah, you need the support of the utility here. It's yeah. not going to happen in the field. Yeah, and they have their own challenges too, right? Because their organization, they need to roll that out within and get people to buy in and believe it, right? Even our own organization, we still have advertising and marketing and sales to do to everybody in our organization. It's a huge organization. Yeah. It takes time. It's a yeah. journey, as we say, right? Did you grow up in the West Coast? Like, are you- I was born in California, down, yeah, and I moved off when I went to the military, then came back, went to school, got my bachelor's in Sacramento, and then uh, worked in the area, right? And then off to the military again. You know, you got to have your bachelor's to be a commissioned officer, so then off to Europe for a while, and then back. And, but it's pretty much been centered around California. A colorful career. That is for sure. Actually, there's something else, too. In in the 1999-2000, right in that January 2000, I did a project down in South America, and I met my wife down there, Miriam. And so I moved down there, and I spent 20 straight years in Peru living and uh, and working safety down there. And you talk about a challenge, right? Because it's a whole other world down there. Oh, wow. Beautiful people, but as far yeah. as safety goes, you know, the OSHA thing and yeah. all that was way ahead of where they were. But now they're, they're as good as we are. So it's really nice to be a very small part of that. But to look back and go, hey, you guys got it going. I've done a little bit of work in third world countries. And I never know where to take, you know, I know what to, they should be doing. 
but you can't take somebody that doesn't have any safety practices and go all the way. It's I, I remember the, base, the guy that right? started yeah. the chainsaw, and the first thing he did was take his shoes off because <laughs> he could climb the tree better in bare feet. And that. Yeah, so back to the, the basics, how baby. How do you uh, work on safety? Yeah, it's tough. It's a challenge, but uh, very quick, very quick culture down there to catch it. So, yeah. Language barriers, right? And, you know, the, the diversity of, of the workforce in the industry, first of all, that's a great thing. Right? It's great to see so many different cultures come together to perform a lot of this high-risk work. One of the challenges, of course, is communication, right? Being able to, to articulate uh, to, to the folks that are actually touching, clearing, mm-hmm. doing a lot of that high-risk work, um, helping them understand through the various challenges with language, you know, the importance of safety and making sure that the message doesn't get lost as it's translating into different languages. Is that has that been a challenge um, that you've observed, or is that something that you guys have solved for? I I personally speak Spanish, so I have kind of a leg up that, that definitely has oh, helped me you. get along in in my career. Yeah, because uh, we did a research study. I did a research study, wrote an article. I guess it was more than a year ago that showed the tree industry. That's both commercial, industrial, utility line clearance, all of it together. By twenty fifty, will have fifty percent of its workers will be. Spanish speaking, native Spanish speaking. And when you look at any given organization and the leadership who have all that experience, right, which is critical for passing the experience to the new guys. Yeah. So many of them are not bilingual in any fashion. There's a huge communications gap, right? So I believe, uh, and Right Tree Service is currently at 50% of its workers are native Spanish speaking. And the future of our general foreman, right, or general forepersons, the leadership that's coming up is going to be bilingual. And they're going to be from those uh, countries south of the border, if you will, right, whether it be Mexico or wherever. It's huge. They are the future of our company, of any company. Yeah, that's incredible. That's so your incredible. programs have to talk to them in their language, but also probably cultural issues. Oh, what a great point, right? So you got a couple of things there, or at least three, right? One's the, just the straight-up language issue of being able to speak in a foreign language. Uh, the, other, the other one is the jargon that comes with it, right? Because there are so many dialects and jargons that you have to come up with a common definition in Spanish for things that multiple people will call different things, Right. Yeah, and then the culture issue. Then, then you have different cultures come with different aspects of their level of how they view safety. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah what a challenge. It is a huge challenge. <laughs> yeah. But we have to get on top of it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And then you have the uh, how fast you have attrition in the workforce, right? I mean, you just 30%. have to have people coming in so fast. It's about 30%. In, is that the in our company, we yeah. have 30% turnover on any given period that we're tracking it yeah. that's big. by the time you get them you know with any training they're gone <laughs> yes yeah. and and if we look at it selfishly right for right tree service we're losing 30 percent we're having to retrain a whole nother group but there is also a sub percentage there of the people that come from another company that have some level of experience they bring and then we send people to other companies with some level of experience so yeah. as an industry yeah it's not as, as overwhelming as 30% if you were to lose them completely. Yeah. You, mentioned, uh, you mentioned Beth Lay. Um, so for yourself, you know, obviously super passionate and, and love to see that. Um, do you make a proactive effort to, to reach out to other stakeholders uh, across the state, across the country with your peer groups to continue to like build thought leadership with safety and kind of continue to reinvent and stay up to date on what's going on? I do. So 
I guess uh, I value if you were in uh, yesterday's opening ceremony with uh, uh, our speaker, you're talking about values, right? And I, I value creativity as well. So that creativity, I do everything I can. I quote uh, General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, you know, and taking a broad front. So instead of just taking and looking at it like a program and saying, this is what we're going to do, I look at every form of advertising and marketing I can come up with, acronyms, retention, forgetting curves, you know, uh, any type of personality issues that might play into that, any type of facial or language triggers that could help me. I mean, I am throwing everything at it, and it's some of it sticking. And in terms of stakeholders, I've developed great champions within the company, right, through my effort, because I just, I'm consistent, and I just keep spreading out and spreading out and spreading out, and I've got a lot of folks in the leadership that are on my side. I still got some stragglers out there in the lower levels, right? You know, they're like, well, what about accountability? And this guy does this thing. What are we going to do? Right? You got to convince them, right? And their mistakes, by the way, which I'll mention in my speech later or my presentation, there are, there are wins and there are losses with that. Yeah. What are you, uh, what are you planning to focus on in your, in your presentation? So my focus is on the, what is safety two compared to safety one, just to introduce it and then address heavily the ideas of accountability because it's the number one question and the number one pushback from all leadership across the board, whether it be our company or the utility. How do we deal with accountability? And it's a, it's a definition of accountability, right? It's not punishment. It's professional self-accountability and it's team accountability. And the team can't be dysfunctional. It has to be able to trust its own team and have the, the psychological safety to speak up, right? And to say, hey, you're messing up. So that's the accountability we're shooting for, right? And then I'm going to segue into the capacity model because a huge part of the principle of safety two is the presence of of capacity or controls. So it segues into that, and I'll just touch on a couple things like attribution area, which is where we blame people for their character rather than the conditions and Uh, things like that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's out there, right? I would have done it differently, they say, right? If I were there, I wouldn't have done it like that. Yeah, yeah, but you weren't there. And number two, did you do anything to help that guy succeed, right? What did you do to pass on your knowledge? So it's all out there. It's an amazing thing, this safety, too. It's amazing. I have one quick question before we kind of wrap up today. You know, you... I've heard other people say this as well, like they've, they've fallen into safety or safety has found them, and it's a very nonlinear path to safety. Um, what are you doing to kind of bring younger folks into this industry in a more formalized way so that it's, it's a picked career right out of the get? Wow. Uh, in safety particularly or just in the, the tree safety, industry? Safety particularly. So, well, I think you all know that safety is such a huge part of, of anything we do. I mean, I look at it like a, you know, we always say safety is number one, but really it's a balance of, of safety and, and uh, production and quality, right? And if you can't balance that, if you, it's like a bank account. If you take out of, out of safety to feed production, you know, something's going to give. You can't yep. go too That's much safety. You can't yeah. do too little. So that balance. One of, the, one of the things that we're doing within the West Coast region is supporting, once again, uh, PG&E, I'm not plugging PG&E, but they, they are actually working with us and they have given money to a community college program that we host and we provide instructors for and equipment and things like that. So it's an apprentice program that puts people into the, into the industry. And from that, from that experience, we're finding people that come in as instructors to support us and others that are coming in to try to get into the industry or have been in it and looking for a new path. There are some potential candidates for 
for safety professionals, right? Because people who grew up within the trees, they have that technical knowledge. And all you got to do is just mold them into how to deal with the culture part of it, right? Oh, that's that's just the intangibles. Great, yeah, that's a great program out there. Butte College, I think. Yeah, Butte, that, yeah Annie Rafferty, she, she's the director. We work with her all the time. Yeah, you know, all that stuff is just awesome. You know, and then we have our credentials program within Right Tree Service for our, our set team, safety education and training team. We have credential programs. You know, we, we pay for them to do that and keep it up. And we're always doing uh, our trainings to keep them at a high level. And I just gave four-hour presentation to our very own set team in Georgia at our, our uh, biannual training. So, you know, it's my boss, Wes, he, uh, he's the promoter, and he just gives me the freedom to just run with this stuff, you know. And, and uh, sometimes I'll, I'll hit a dead end or I'll make a mistake and I'll back up and I'll say, ah, my bad. And then, you know, because we're all subject to error. Yeah. And then I'll look for another path. And That's fantastic. Keep, yeah, keep going it's awesome. Well, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Great. Thank you this for the opportunity. Yeah, you guys are doing great stuff. For a yeah. Moment, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. no, this is great. I Thanks, love it. James. It's my appreciate first it. podcast. Oh, no, there you go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, James. Appreciate okay. it. Okay, thank you so okay. much. That's it for this episode of the Trees and Lines podcast, brought to you by Iapetus Infrastructure Services. If you like the show, please give us a rating of five stars on Apple or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments on any of our episodes or ideas for topics or guests in the future, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us at treesandlines at iapetusllc.com. We'll chat with you soon.